joining me on another episode of Ask Sharifa Videocast and Podcast. And this is the last episode for 2021. I'll see you all next year, but you know we had to go out with a bang with an incredible guest. You have seen her here many times before, whether on the Roundtable Talk Show or Ask Sharifa Videocast. This young lady is amazing, but don't just take my word for it. Over two decades of experience as a coach, behavioral scientist, entrepreneur, human behavior analyst, and working in a variety of industries affords Diane a perspective for business, building teams, changing cultures, and career development that is rare in the coaching field. Miss Diane Bogino, how are you, Diane? It's so great to see you again. It is great to see you too, Sharifa, and congratulations on all that you've been doing. You are dynamo. I'm telling you, I'm trying to grow up and be just like you. <laughs> I'm trying to grow up and be like you, causing trouble, <laughs> making things happen, coaching, changing cultures, changing the world. But for those of us, or for, for those people who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? What do you do? And what are you passionate about? Well, I'm passionate about my work because what I do is help people get out of their own way to discover their own true selves and their talent, gain their confidence, because as you know, I didn't grow up with any, uh, and we discussed that on the round table, one of your shows, but I help build teams. Teams are made up of individuals, and if you don't address the entire team and the individuals, then you're not gonna have an impact. A lot of team programs come in and they might do games, which are great, or they might do uh, concentrate on training, which is great. But unless you address both the team and the individual, there is not, as I said, a lasting impact. And so the tools that I bring to the table help do that. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking about tools that you bring to the table and you know, with 2022 fast approaching, everybody's looking for tools. Everybody's made the, dis the, the decision to change their lives, to be better, to improve this, to improve that, have some weight loss, change their careers, but just simply be better. What are some tools, strategies, tips, advice, and guidance that you can offer our viewers? The tools I use uh, are assessments. And the tool gives each person and the team a 360 view of themselves. And I call it the tandem team x-ray system because it gives a CEO a clear picture deep into the team. They get a report of the entire team in one look. They can tell what talent they have, what talent is missing, and what they might need for strategic planning in the future. The individual gets a 360 view of themselves and they can see what strengths they have and how to use those strengths, how to apply those strengths. Think about this, Sharifa. You know leadership is not easy. Whether right. you have a team of two people or 200 people, every person has a different behavioral style, a different communication style. They're motivated by different things. Their life experiences, skills, and attributes are all different. And when you think about the combination of all of those things in each individual, it is not an easy job to lead people. So leaders should take advantage of the tools that help them do that. It's not a weakness. That is a strength. 
Now, we're always looking, the leaders always want the tools. They always want the, the way to assess it. But the employees, the team, they may be a little concerned because they may wonder if their job is in jeopardy. That's true. That is a concern. When I come into a team, I, that's one of the first things I make sure that people know. I'm not a person to come in and chop heads. I want to see people be retained. You know yourself that in times of um, economic downturns or say, oh gosh, an epidemic, training is one of the first things to go and one of the last things to be brought back on. But that should not happen. Development needs to be continuous and it needs to happen all the time. And the new generations coming into the workforce, if there's not a way for them to grow and develop, that's one of the key elements they look for in a in a company that they want to go to work for. So it's an important element to offer to new hires. Absolutely. So are your assessments strictly focused on new hires or long-term employees? Yes, both. They can be used for hiring. They can be used for development. They can be used for team building and career building. And I like for people to see the strengths they have and see the things they don't realize that they bring to the table, this is what gives them the confidence to build a career. You know, career building isn't exactly what it used to be. The ladders have moved, some of the rungs are missing, <laughs> but there is a way to build a career today, even virtually. It may be a little different, but and it may take a little more effort, but it can be done. And giving people the confidence to do that is something that I aspire to do because I know what it's like not to have confidence or to feel that uh, you don't bring anything to the table or that you don't count. Mm. Now for you, you mentioned talent several times, you know, talents, talent, talents. What are some ways that you're able to un uncover or discover talents? Because so often as employees, we feel that we're doing the job. This is our job. We were trained on how to do the job. So what are some of the talents that can be discovered? Well, in the assessments that I use, there are 25 competencies in rank order mm -hmm. that a person can discover about themselves. Some they may know, so they're reinforced. Some they may not know. In addition, say during a coaching process, they may discover things that they didn't know they have or discover talents they didn't know that could be used in a certain area or in a certain way. I, I coached a woman one time. She was an executive. And she had an executive on her team who was actually having him do her work. Oh, wow. Yes. She was afraid to stand up to him because she was afraid it would ruin the relationship, the working relationship and their friendship as well. But through the coaching process, she learned to say no to this person. And when we finished our coaching process, he was doing her own, his own work and the relationship was still intact. But she discovered an inner strength that she didn't know she had, plus techniques on how you talk to people and say things to people without saying, you know, those kinds of things and causing conflict. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned early on, or at least I mentioned early on, this idea of culture. So often a company's culture differs from what the employee handbook suggests, you know, in our in everyone's employee handbook. They're like, we're the best company in the world. You know, we love everyone. We support everyone. And it's this glowing picture of this company. But when you go in after a little while, especially after standing around the water cooler for a long time, you figure out that their culture may be completely different from what their employee handbook says, their mission statement says. 
how are you able to work within the culture of the company to create a more idealistic version of what they say they believe in or realistic version? Yeah, realistic. Good question. Sometimes it's just one person. For example, someone may have a boss who really is not a leader or doesn't have good leadership qualities. Had a client one time that had a dysfunctional executive team. And really, I like to start at the executive level and drive that culture down through the organization. But they were not functioning well. Uh, one gentleman I was working for or with thought that everybody was stag stabbing him in the back. Well, that wasn't the case at all. It was his attitude. And we turned that completely around. The team learned how to work better together. They began to reach their business goals, whereas before they were fighting each other. So we went off property and did a two-day strategic planning session. And once they had the assessments, they all understood each other much better, understood how to talk to each other, and understood each other's behavioral style so that there wasn't that conflict. Mm. Now, it's interesting the words that you use, Diane, because just the thought of the word attitude, you know, it's usually one of those things that the person with the attitude is usually the last to know that they are the person with the attitude. They're the person that nobody wants to go to work and see, nobody wants to talk to, nobody wants to be bothered with. So I know you go through this entire process, but are there any strategies that you can give to a, a company or a corporation that's looking to change the culture within their company? Yeah, let's, let's take um, a bully, for example. Okay. If someone's having trouble with a bully, the best thing to do is be professional and confront the person in a professional manner. You can go into their office, ask, ask time to meet with them, go in their office, close the door, sit down and say, I don't like the way that you speak to me and these words that you use or the attitude that you have and be specific about it. And I guarantee you, you will save the relationship. That person will not be a bully anymore and they will respect you for stepping forward. I had to do the same thing with a boss one time. <laughs> you, Diane, you had to do that? <laughs> yes, I did. And he, he was saying something to me and he said he didn't say something. I said, oh, yes, you did. And I'll sit here and argue with you all day long. You did. Well, after that, you know, I was his best friends. <laughs> oh, wow. You called him on it. I called him on it. Yes. It wasn't an ideal way to do it, but it was an emotional time. And um, we got through it and we remained friends for even after I left the company. Yeah, sometimes you have to do that. But how did you discover all of this? Because for me, everything that I've done is a result of all being laid off eight times, working at these different jobs, having all these different experiences. You just learn. How did you get to the point where you discover, wait a minute, these are tools that I can give leaders in order to have a better culture and better company? Right. Um I didn't go to school until late in life. And, and as you know, Sharifa, I was, I was an abused foster welfare child. So I really didn't have any confidence. I didn't know how to act in social situations, much less business situations. But thank goodness, I, I'm blessed with, with wanting to learn. And mm -hmm. so I did. I read books and I finally did go to school and I got an undergrad in psychology. And then I realized that I love this work I do. I was always in HR 
And um, I wanted to do this work and I wanted to do it on my own. And I went back and got a master's in industrial organizational psychology. I figured if I could say it, I could pass it. <laughs> and I just find the work fascinating. So you have to continually educate yourself, do what you're passionate about. And that's one thing that people do have a problem with is finding that passion, which is one thing I help them do. They may be in transition. They may have to change careers or they just may have to develop a new passion for the career they're in and find ways to appreciate the career that they have, the industry they're in, and even the company they're with. So it's not always, you know, jumping off the bridge to find something totally different. You can uh, build up an appreciation for what you have and find new ways to, to work with the talents that you have and the tools that you have and the environment that you're in. Does it work the other way around where, you know, you mentioned the people today, they want more out of the company. They want a company that stands for something, believes in something, offers something as opposed to just a paycheck. How is it that the company is able to look at their culture and say, you know what, what can we do or what can we offer so that employees feel that we are benefiting society as a whole, that we are helping mankind as opposed to just being a product or a service? Oh, right. Um well, they have to find something that they uh, want to contribute to. For example, I'm the, on the board of To My Place, the number two, My Place, which helps traffic, um, you know, hum human trafficking. And if a company wanted to jump on board, if that's something they believe in, then that's something that they can promote and, uh, you know, contribute to that. People can volunteer. You know, there's only so many pieces of trash you can pick up. I actually heard someone say that an employee say that one time because they were looking for ways to volunteer, but there are many, many ways to volunteer. And that's one, and that's not picking up trash. That's helping human beings get back into society and be productive. And what company would not want to do that? Because when you do that, you help the entire community. So it's beneficial to everyone. It's beneficial to the people that are being helped. The employees are giving back and feeling good about what they're doing, feeling good about the company and building the community. So it's important. What's the name of the charity again, the nonprofit? To, to My Place, the number two, M-Y-P-L-A-C-E, To My Place. Okay, definitely have to go ahead and add that in the comments. But it just stood out as interesting to me because I was having almost the same exact conversation with someone the other day because, you know, it's the holidays and everybody was saying, well, we're going to go feed the homeless. We're going to feed the homeless and we're going to feed the homeless. And I said, okay, but it reminds me of that give a man a fish as opposed to teaching a man to fish. Like how, how much food can we give away to the same people? And I know I'm not saying that people aren't hungry. I'm not saying that people don't need food. I'm not saying that people don't need help, but what can we do to change the lives of people so that they don't always have to wind up getting waiting for a handout. Now working with people who have gone through the horrors of human trafficking, I'm pretty sure these are people who want to rehabilitate themselves that go into different careers or go into the workforce. And so it's wonderful that they have mentors and that you're on the board to support them. Right. And let me tell you that To My Place is doing something even more unique. They mm -hmm. are reaching out to the young people to help make them aware of if they are being groomed mm -hmm. to go into that life. They will 
these people will actually target someone, pull them out of the crowd. Someone they'll they'll they're able to tell a kid that doesn't have the self confidence. They'll pull them out of the crowd. They'll groom them. They'll give them gifts, promise them things. That's how they get into the life. So to my place is being really unique and proactive about getting to the heart of the matter and targeting the children before they get into that life. That is crucial. Yes, because often they become targeted is because they're isolated and they don't have a support group. You know, again, going back to some of the other shows when we talked about your past and how you were brought up and the things that are in your life is having the support group around these young children to protect them so that they don't have someone who can come in and groom them and take advantage of them. And so I'm just I just applaud you for what you're doing, for what the nonprofit is doing, because we all have to do our part in the world to make a difference. So thank you for sharing that. I do want to take a question from one of our viewers. Now, I haven't read the book. I'm not familiar with it. So I don't know either way, but they would love your thoughts, Diane, on the open organization by Jim Whitehurst. Are you familiar I, with it? No, I'm not familiar. I'm sorry. I haven't read that book. Oh, no need to, to apologize. Maybe Jim Whitehurst is asking the question. Maybe he wants to get some more publicity. I don't know. I, I just ask the questions that they give me and maybe I have to research it after I finish the show or maybe they'll give me some, some more feedback. Now, I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing with the companies, corporations, and organizations. But I know you, Diane. I, I, I'm just just because it's the last show of the year, and because it's you, I'm just going to jump off that bridge in a different direction. What all do you have going on? You always have something going on. What are some of the other? What are some of the things that you're working on? And what are some of your plans for 2022? Great question. I'm glad you asked that. I have started you know, with my tandem team x-ray program, helping teams and doing the career building, I realized how important that career building piece is. And so I have started a mastermind group on building a career. So yeah. my the I have one starting in January and people can actually go to dianebogenodevelopment.com and download a free book that helps them discover their work values so they could start there if they didn't want to as you say jump off the bridge into a mastermind group and maybe i should explain what a mastermind group is uh, not everyone knows what they are it is a group of like-minded people who meet on a regular basis uh, to achieve common goals it could be around finances it could be around building a career it could be a religious group, a parroting group. It could be entrepreneurs. It could be anything, but just a group of like-minded people. But if you download the book, it will help you begin to discover, discover your values, your work values, and you can start there and that will help you on building a better career. And that's what, um, I also have started a, um, YouTube channel called build a better career. And I have tips on there that download every Friday so you can go there and get tips on building a better career as well. It seems simple, but <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I'm not knocking no. it. But what I'm saying I know. is some of the most difficult things, it seems very simple. 
building a better career. Let me have a better career. Let me change my life. But so often for so many people, they don't know the process. They don't know the how. They don't know the steps to get there because for them, they may feel like, oh, I don't have any options. I, maybe I can't mm -hmm. go back to school. Maybe I don't have the time to go back to school. Maybe I'm the, a single parent. Maybe school is not the answer. But it, it just seems simple to say, just kind of go and do it. But how do you get the confidence to do it? How do you get the confidence to want to have that better career? You know, maybe you're, I don't even, I was about to give you a career, but I didn't want to knock that career because I'm like, all careers are wonderful if that's what you want, all jobs, I'm just saying. But maybe you're doing a job and you're like, okay, this is all I can do, you know? But how do you change your mindset to decide, okay, well, maybe I can have a career. Maybe I could be a leader, a thought leader, a CEO, or something other than this nine to five job. That's right. And, you know, Sharif, uh, everybody doesn't want to build a career and that's fine if you're happy and if the company's happy with you. But if you want to build a better career, there are steps to take. And yes, people don't know where to begin all the, all the time. And many times they're in their own way because they don't have the confidence. But once they learn that next step and it has to be a little bitty step, it's not have to be a giant step. Just take a little bitty step. Let's take networking. When people get a job, the first thing they do is they stop networking. Right. Big mistake. Big mistake. You must network continuously throughout your life inside the organization and outside the organization. When you network inside the organization, this is where you build relationships. This is where you discover people who are willing to mentor you for free. You can hire a coach, certainly. There may be coaches internally as well, particularly if a, if a company has a, a formal or informal coaching program, or you can uh, hire a coach like myself or like you. Now, of course, we cost money and that's fine, but I'm just saying there are many, many ways to begin, and that's a great place to begin is to find yourself a mentor who can help you uh, understand an industry, understand the next step, understand that next position and what it entails. And yes, you don't always have to go to school. Many people have very strong careers and high level careers with no education. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, just want to make that clarification because I always tell people I am not a coach. I'm a business consultant. Coaches are the ones who love you and want to help you. <laughs> and I'm a consultant. I give you a to-do list go do it, figure it out, and then come back. Like, I don't, I don't do any of the coaching. <laughs> None I'm of not, the warm, not fuzzy warm stuff, and, right? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I'm not the warm and fuzzy like Diane. Diane cares. Right. Like, no. I tell, I tell people my coaching philosophy is get over it. Yes, yes. Do this. <laughs> And then they call me and they say, Sharifa, I can't figure out step five. Okay, have you done step one and two? And three and four. No. OK, do those. And then you'll figure out step five. Like I am more of the Marine Corps, not that I've ever been in any military, but I am like, no, don't. I don't want to hold your hand. I don't want to. Which brings me back to networking and this conversation that I definitely want to hear your thoughts on, because a lot of people struggle with social media. And mm -hmm. over the a few months ago, I actually deleted my LinkedIn account. And over the last month or so, I had at least three different people who wanted to offer me opportunities. And then like, oh, well, we share it on LinkedIn. I'm like, I'm not on LinkedIn. Like, You have to be on LinkedIn. I don't have to do anything because I got to a certain point 
and then back to what you were saying, that I was like, I don't need any new friends. And it's not that I stopped networking, but I found that on LinkedIn, I was getting so many different messages. Every time I did a show, every time I had a guest, now I have all these people sending me all these messages. And I was like, no, it's too much. It's overwhelming. So have you ever had that experience just from a personal perspective where you're like, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed by social media. It can be overwhelming. And um, I, when let's take entrepreneurs, um, you have to, first of all, find your target client, find your target audience. Where do those people hang out on social media? Are they on LinkedIn? Are they more on Facebook? Are they more on Twitter? Those are the platforms then that you need to target. I would say do no more than three. You just cannot do them. And there's always a new one coming along like Clubhouse. Right. I mean, you know, my goodness, you just can't do them all, but you must find where your clients are. And it's true for people with, with jobs as well. Where are the people in your industry and, you know, that could or give you information at least, where can you find the information to take you to the next step? Where do those people hang out? So that's, that is what will keep you balanced with social media. Maybe you pick a, a day or two of the week to go on social media and the other days of the week, you have other tasks that you do. So it's, it can't be constant. I, I, and I'm preaching to the choir here because <laughs> I get, I get lost in there too, because I'm, you know, I like to know what's going on. So I have to watch myself continuously about that. Yes. No, I love Facebook, but I love the way that I can have a conversation and post and chat and share on Facebook, but I don't have a million people inboxing me. The right. inbox is, is the part where, and, and LinkedIn is supposed to be so much more business oriented. So it's focused on business. It's focused on getting clients. And I'm like, but I'm not searching for new clients. Some of my clients have been with me since the 90s. I'm not looking for new clients and new business. And then I'll meet someone. And then all of a sudden, I'll get this inbox message that says, hi, Sharifa, here's my Calendly link. Let's schedule a time to talk. And I'm like, okay, but what are we talking about? I don't even know you. I don't, you know, let's get to, you know, and I just feel that so, so often back to culture, our culture is that we don't get to know people. It's like walking down the street with a box of business cards and just handing everybody, this is my business card. Call me, call me, call me. Call. And I'm like, okay, but who are you? That's Maybe right. it's me, Daniel. It's, it's not the way to do business. It's not the way to build a better career. You have to build a relationship even on social media. I a lot of times do not even respond to those people because what they do, they get you on the phone and then you're you've got an hour gone. Right. Exactly. And they are just trying to sell you what they have and you're no more interested in it than there's a man in the moon. So <laughs> you you cannot uh prospect like that for customers and you cannot prospect like that. Uh, for a job, you've got to build relationships. And there are ways to do that on social media. And a good coach can teach you how to do that or a business consultant, either one. Mm, no, not with you. We, I'm going to say call Diane because I'm not in the teaching philosophy. I mean, these are the steps. I'm very step oriented. These are the steps that you need to take. Build your social media account. Have you built a social media account? Okay, then come back to me after you, you, you're you done. But I am on a couple of social media uh, accounts. I'm on Facebook, 
And mm -hmm. I'm on Instagram. That's primarily it. I deleted my LinkedIn. I deleted my Twitter. And when I started deleting social media accounts, people thought I was having a mental breakdown. I was like, no, it's just too many people, too many people who want to talk all day about nothing. So I was like, okay. But but I just wanted to point that out because what I've learned is with less conversations, now I have the time, the energy, and the brain with to be able to focus on the real conversations that matter. That's right. And that's that's where your audience is, Sharifa, on Facebook and Instagram. Now, my Instagram account is a disaster. I'm going to have to hire someone to do that. But um, a lot of people are there that I want to reach. So I do need to develop that. And like I say, it's it's you've got to find out where your folks are and, and, and work on those outlets so that that's the way you can grow. And, you know, you bring up a good point that people who have jobs thinks that think they shouldn't be on LinkedIn, but that's not true at all. They they do need to develop a, a LinkedIn account. Um, there's a gentleman on the board of To My Place called Al Smith, and he will tell you in a heartbeat that that is where you need to be. Otherwise, how, do, how does anybody know you're there? It's just like selling a product or a service. This is what I teach people. You may have a job, but you are in business for yourself. You may think you don't have a business, but you do. You are the product and your talents and attributes are the services that you sell. Nobody else is going to sell them but you. You know, your uh, resume, that's your, your one sheet. That's what you use to sell yourself. So once you begin thinking about your career as a business, you'll do a lot better. Now, if I were looking for a job, I would be on LinkedIn, you know, mm. because years ago, that was the initial creation. That was why LinkedIn was created so that you can always stay connected with people that you were co-workers with, that you used to work with. And so um, if I was looking for a job, I'd definitely be on LinkedIn I got distracted. I always get distracted when I'm multitasking. We had another question, the same person who asked the first question about the book. And he did apologize. He said, sorry, you mentioned organization and culture. And I thought about that book. But he said, I tried Instagram, didn't do much. He uses Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter and shamelessly point people to his website. So, yes, that's one of the things that I do. I push all business to my website. But if I were going to find a job, I would definitely be on LinkedIn because maybe you work at the company I want to work at, Diane. I know you and I could call you and I say and a keyword here to me is call you and say, hey, Diane, remember me? We worked together in 2010. We were wonderful co-workers. I saw on Indeed or wherever that your company was hiring. Is there any, you know, advice strategies? Maybe, you know, the person who's hiring, can you help me out? But that was the initial intention beyond LinkedIn. Unless I'm off of here a little bit, Diane. No, that's, that's right. It was a, a way to really uh, network on social media. And, and uh, I think it was originally geared that way. It has tr changed tremendously. But again, you have to present yourself as you want to be presented. As I say, like I wouldn't do a poll anymore because everybody's doing a poll. Mm -hmm. And so they become nonsensical. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to do something different. And I don't think that's something that's going to get you a job. So just because everybody's right. doing a poll, don't do that. Do something different. Right. And present yourself always in a professional manner. Write a blog, write articles. People think they shouldn't do that when they have a job. 
but they absolutely should because it makes you the go-to person. It makes you the person that knows what they're talking about in terms of an industry, in terms of a, a product or a service or a process even. Um, I know a gentleman, Patrick Hens, he just writes uh, all the time and he really knows his stuff and he, he's a compliance officer. But if I wanted to know something about compliance, I would either go to him or, or a woman I know in Montana. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta make people understand that you know what you're doing. Yes. And I don't want anyone to take it that I'm LinkedIn bashing because that's not my intent at all. I just, I'm a people person. I love to share content. I love, and I have so much fun on Facebook, especially my personal Facebook account, because I can relax a little bit and I can share information. I remember when I was running for Long Beach City Council and I was I was sharing these memes and I got all these inboxes and people were like, no, Sharifa, you're running for city council. You can't share that. You can't say that. And nothing I said was different from anything I've always said, but people all of a sudden were like, you're running for city council. You have to, you know, focus on these different things. But my, my Facebook is my friends, is my family, is people that are in my personal, you know, inner circle. And so I just, I just love to have fun. You know me, Diane, I love to have fun and, and have a, a great time, but I didn't just um, delete LinkedIn. I also deleted Twitter because I'm a talk show host. I love to talk. And I felt like, why am I writing? You just mentioned writing. I'm like, I'm not a writer. I don't want to write things to people. If you want to know what I have to say, tune in, shameless plug, tune in <laughs> to the Roundtable Talk Show weekdays at 8 a.m., right? Like, that's how I look at it. Each platform is different. So I didn't want to write. I didn't need a job, but I wanted to talk to people. And so for me, Facebook was the best. But let's go back to careers, because you see I segued into a whole bunch of other sections that had nothing to do with what you're talking about. I just enjoy picking your brain because you're an amazing woman. Do you have any advice or strategies or suggestions that you that you feel that people just have to hear in order to improve their careers? Well, actually, what you just mentioned was a great segue because you allow people to know the real you. I'm not so good at that, but for people looking for jobs, you cannot post pictures of you drunk at the bar, right? Uh, scantily dressed, whether you're male or female, you have to be careful. I think that it's okay to let people know who you are, but you really do have to be careful about it because those pictures are out there forever. Believe me, somebody will drag them up. Just ask the stars. <laughs> you're, right. you're, you're out there with them. You know what that's like. So right. yeah, you have to be careful. But even in business, people want to know who they're doing business with and if they can trust and like you. They're right. not going to do business with you otherwise. Right. But I think the part about being careful is key because it's not just one picture. Right. It's not just, you know, you have all of these beautiful pictures and then you there's that one picture of you drunk in your cousin's wedding. You know, <laughs> people tend to forgive certain things, but a lot of people do not understand that right now in 2021, moving on to 2022, most employers and you, you know better than I am, Diane. So correct me if I'm wrong. They will look at your social media when making a hiring decision. So if every picture, you know, you're drunk, every picture you're at the bar, every picture you have no clothes on, every picture you're cursing, you're you're screaming, you know, you're talking about cheating and all this craziness, every picture you got a cigarette in your mouth or you're smoking or you're doing, they're like, 
okay, this is your character. This is who you are. So I just think people should be very careful about the image, overall image that they portray on social media, because after all, if that's the life you're living, then that's who you are. Mm, that's right. And, you know, it's a health concern too. If you're drinking and smoking, that's a drain on, on their their health program and they have to pay the insurance on that. They're not going to hire you if they know you're going to yeah. cost them money right up front. Yes. And you don't even know your social media is why you didn't get the job. You're still going on looking for job to job to job. That's why they need a career. We got to help these people get a career and change their lives. Do you, is that part of the culture though? When you sit down and ask people why they have attitudes, it's like, and why they're angry. It's like, okay, maybe we need to fix you as a person, <laughs> your character overall. Yes, of course. Sometimes, sometimes that is the case. But companies, if they help people build their careers, they actually have a better employee mm -hmm. because it's a win for the employee. They get development, but so does the organization. They get the benefits of that development and having a better employee and then having people in their succession plan that they can promote from within. Mm -hmm. Now, I say promote you know, from within, go there first. But you also have to go outside the organization as well, because you've got to have a diverse organization. You know that as well as I do. That DEI is so important. But absolutely be careful about the people that are already there. They've been loyal. They've done the productivity to that point. Don't neglect them and just go outside the organization. It's nice to give sign-on bonuses, but help those people that are already there that have been loyal to you. Yes. The sign-on bonus is really nice. I've had, you know, those before. But what I, I used to see more of is companies that would help you with your education. Mm -hmm. I do not see that. Maybe, again, this is your field of expertise. I don't see that as much as, as I used to. How about well, you? yeah, it's coming back because of the great resignation that yes. is uh, coming back. I think it's uh, Chipotle that offers to pay the entire education of their employees if they want to go back to school. Now, okay. I've, I had one class paid for one time in my entire career in corporate America. But yeah, that's a that's a big deal these days. Um, the sign-on bonus, paying for education, offering the development, you know, having that career path, um, insurance in terms of benefits, things like that. They are really uh, upping those. And, you know, Sharifa, it's funny that they say they can't get people to work, but I went online just out of curiosity, and there was one training job open, and they had over 500 applications. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I think most people, from what I'm seeing, my experience based on the conversation I had, is that there hasn't been a, again, I've been laid off eight times. So as the employee, you don't see a lot of, um, loyalty from the company. There used to be a time where you get that gold watch, that gold pin, you know, you get that retirement plan. You knew you were going to get a pension from that company. So you were there for years. And as a lot of that began to end, then the employee began to ask themselves, why am I here? What makes me stay here when they're, I mean, it used to be, and maybe I'm wrong, Diane, this is your field, but healthcare benefits. To me, that was just a given. 
Like if you work for the company, you got health care. It wasn't even a consideration. Now there's hardly health care benefits. Not many co companies pay for education. So even though, like you said, there, there may be 500 applications for people looking for those jobs, many people, many employers know that most of those people aren't going to stay or they're not going to stay for long because what is holding that employee to that company? What is it that they're saying that this company is, is offering me and the wages are very low? especially in most places, but this organization is offering me $15. Okay. Mm -hmm. But the company across the street is offering me $17. What's going to make me stay at that organization It's great that they want to save the world, do better for um, humanity. They're passionate about helping people, but I can get $17 across the street. So that's why you have, or guess what? I can go be an entrepreneur and make $50 an hour for myself. So that's why I see it very hard for people to find staff because people can always find more money elsewhere. And you can put me on a soapbox, Diane, but they, they can find more money elsewhere. And so why would, why would I go work for you? Well, you belong in the soapbox, Sharifa. That's your, that's your place. <laughs> Companies are, are revving up their their offerings these days and money is not always particularly for the younger generations today money is not always the draw as you mentioned earlier they want meaningful work and they want to work for companies that are honest and have integrity the days of the the companies that are just out there to, to grab the buck and cheat their customers are over and those companies will be over if they continue to have that kind of culture in the future that's for sure so a lot of that is changing because of the demands of the younger generations. And this pandemic has only added to that, to that mindset. We can see now that life is so, so fragile. I've had three major events happen to me this month alone that affected family members. And I'm going to tell you something. It makes you stop and think. So money is not always everything. And you know, having being in business for myself and having been in the restaurant business and having employees, it's really a two way street. Companies have to respect and honor their employees because you can't have a business without employees like that. Employees must understand that everything that they give the employee costs that company money. It's not easy to run a business and just pull money off of trees. It doesn't happen that way. It's hard work growing a business. So there has to be an appreciation on both sides. Yes. Now, now I'm on my soapbox. <laughs> don't those soapboxes feel good? You know what I mean? You get used to it. You're like, wait a minute. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm supposed it's, to be asking questions. It's catching, Sharifa. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Uh, we do have a question for you. The viewer would like to know, would you be willing to share how you overcame those early challenges you mentioned? How did you transform yourself? And they said, I have a hunch. You have a powerful story. <laughs> right. I, I was taken away from my parents at an early age and placed in foster welfare homes where I was sexually abused, beaten one time. Um, but, you know, I was blessed with the attitude that you don't want to be like those people. And I found within myself a strength that I wanted to be better than that. I wanted to have a better life. I wanted to learn. I wanted to grow. And I'm going to tell you something, folks, right now. You do not have time to focus on the past. It's gone. It's done. It's over. 
You have to get on with your life. You have to find what makes you happy. Those people have nothing to do with you. Whoever mistreated you, whatever circumstances you were in, they cannot put a hold on you unless you allow them to do it. And clinging to the past is exactly what you're doing. You must move forward. You, life is too short. Life is definitely too short. And you know what? Our time together is definitely too short. We are coming down to the last few minutes of the show, Miss Diane. And this is the part, as you know, full well, that I, I allow you to speak directly to the audience, to everyone who is watching this show live, as well as everyone who is watching it in the archives, and let them know what you want them to take away from your appearance here today. So we're going to give you a few soapbox moments. <laughs> I just want people to know that they are valuable and you have to begin with your own self. You have to value yourself first. It's been a hard lesson for me to learn to love myself, to appreciate myself, but you must, you must begin there. And leaders must appreciate themselves in order to pass that appreciation on to their employees. You cannot give away what you don't have. So that is very important. Remember, self-assessment is the foundation for leadership, for EQ, and for strategic thinking. It's extremely important to take a look at yourself, appreciate what you have, and build on your strengths, both in business and in your personal life. And Sharifa, I want to thank you for this opportunity and wish you even greater success in 2022. Thank you. I appreciate it. But where can people find you? They can go to uh, www.forumstrat.com or they can go to dianebogino.development.com or they can email me at diane at dianebogino.com. Fantastic. I want to thank you for being a guest on today's episode of Ask Sharifa Videocast and Podcast, as well as being the last show of 2021. It was incredible. It was amazing. So much good information. I hope everyone took notes and learned something. I want to thank everyone for their great questions. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the show. But as always, please support our guest. Diane was here today to share her story, her information with you. So please support her. Her website link is in the Facebook post. Follow her on social media, reach out to her, send her a message. And when you do, please let her know. Sharifa Hardy says hi. Now, if you're interested in more ways that I can help your business, or maybe you want to be a guest on Ask Sharifa Videocast and Podcast, please video, please visit my website at AskSharifa.com. Until next year, until 2022, everyone stay safe. Please, please be safe. No drinking and driving. Go out and have fun if you have to, but be safe, be blessed, and Happy New Year. Bye now. Mm -hmm.